This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Oh my gosh. Welcome to season three. Oh my God, this is so exciting. This year, this beautiful new year will bring so much Womad amazingness. One thing I can finally announce that I have been teasing is more merch. Maybe not the merch you're thinking, but an amazing local company called Unlocked here in Nashville reached out to me about partnering with them on a necklace. One thing that really drew me to Unlocked was the mission behind their company. They employ women transitioning out of homelessness, domestic abuse situations, and those in recovery. They know everyone personally who is hands-on in making and packaging the jewelry. And it's all made from recyclable metals. Good for the people and the planet. What's more female empowering than that? Stay tuned to the WOMED IG for pics and for early access to necklace sales. Join up with the WOMED on Patreon. Well, sorry, apparently there's a few housekeeping things I needed to cover for the start of season three, but that's what happens with the new season. Patreon is going to be so awesome. There will be different subscription tiers and maybe an extra added treat to those first few who sign up. More deets on that to come, but this will offer me a way to get you guys the ability to listen to the woman episodes ad-free, access to Q&A sessions with me on anything, all questions welcome, and the ability to poll on which guests and topics you want to hear more about giving you beautiful listeners the ability to have more input in the WOMED and still be able to pay my incredible team that works so hard to get these episodes edited and uploaded. This season, along with talking with badass women in their respective fields, I want to also speak more into things that directly affect women's health and hear from women in medicine coping with chronic illness on the job. I think it's important to glean more insight from patients. That brings me to my guest for this week. Claire Surrett. While Claire is not working in the medical field, she is a beautiful young woman living with Crohn's. We get into a lot in this episode. Ostomy care and dating with an ostomy, just to name a few. Claire is working on destigmatizing Crohn's and appreciating her body. Before we dig in, it's time for Nurse D Energy. I had an anonymous write-in for this week's NDE moment. She writes... This is more for all the nurses I work with, rather than just me. So I'm an assistant nurse manager on a pediatric general care unit. Recently, due to surges of COVID, my unit has had to accommodate adult and elderly med surge patients in addition to pediatric patients, splitting the unit half and half. Although this has been challenging for us, as many of us have minimal adult experience, We have taken each adult patient with a positive attitude and a teamwork approach. I'm lucky to work with such an amazing group of nurses who are so willing to learn new skills to help out the RNs in the adult world. I love this. This is NDE. This is Nurse D Energy. It's scary and can feel out of your element. I know as a former NICU nurse, my anxiety would be through the roof if I ever had to, you know, float to pick you just because it feels so foreign. This is amazing to hear that your unit of nurses has been able to champion together. Okay, time to dive in to season three.
All right. Well, Claire, welcome to the WOMED. I'm so excited to have this conversation and very happy that you reached out to me in my DMs. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited. Claire, tell me a little bit about yourself. What led you kind of to the, to the Crohn's diagnosis? Like what were your symptoms? So I started getting sick right when I turned 17, which I'm 25 now. So eight years ago. Mm-hmm. It was around Christmas time and I was getting stomach aches and just a lot of intestinal issues. And I figured, you know, it's the holidays. I'm eating a lot of sweets. It's probably just from that. It'll go away. But yeah. Christmas came and went, New Year's and months went on and it just got worse. And going to the doctors every week, blood tests all the time, and they couldn't figure it out until... They finally, four months later, uh, sent me to a gastroenterologist. And first time I saw him, he says, we're doing a colonoscopy tomorrow. Something's wrong. We need to figure out what's going on. Which wow. inevitably led to the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Were you frustrated at all that it took that long to just kind of get to get an answer like that, to, to do a, a big diagnostic test like that? It was very frustrating. I feel like the not knowing can make it even worse because you're dwelling on that and it's causing all this anxiety. And I feel like I was really relieved when I finally was like, okay, this has a name. We can do something. Mm -hmm. But I had never even heard of Crohn's until before this. And I didn't realize the road ahead of me, what it would really entail. I thought, okay, it has a name now. We can treat it. We're done. Yeah, but definitely was not the case. No, I mean, I was just looking up to some more like facts and stuff as is what like mm-hmm. Crohn's pertains to in females. And I read that around 50% of women with Crohn's disease are under the age of 35 at the time of the diagnosis. So yeah, I couldn't really find anything about teenagers as much. But do you know the numbers on that at all? I don't know the numbers. I know when I first got sick and I've found that from what I've read, most people get diagnosed either in the teens or in like early mid thirties around there, I believe. Mm -hmm. But when I first got sick, my doctors at the time, social media wasn't what it is today. Mm -hmm. And the only resource they could really give me was here's this book that this man wrote who's like a middle-aged man and his journey with Crohn's and I thought okay that's great and I respect what he's gone through but as seven year in high school girl yeah like tell me how to deal with getting my prom dress and without fainting in the or where I'm getting it done and just like how to do my soccer game like things it wasn't relatable Mm -hmm. and so I knew from then that I didn't know how, but I wanted to somehow use my life and my story to reach out just to help someone feel less alone because everyone I've talked to, if it comes up in conversation and I say, oh, I have Crohn's, they always say, oh, like my cousin has it or someone I know has it. Mm-hmm. So if it's this prevalent, then why aren't we talking about it more? Yeah. And why aren't there more resources? You know, that's what. Yeah. When you had reached out to me and I looked at your profile and I was like, 
you're like a shining little beacon of light, you know, in this, Thank you. in this Crohn's world. And I was just so impressed by you, not only like, you know, you have an ostomy, you have beautiful photos in, you know, Thank you. in bikinis sporting your ostomy and just, I was like, here is a badass female who is taking back the narrative of Crohn's. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, the ostomy, I've only had that for about 10 months now. So it's still not brand new, but still fairly new, mm-hmm. I guess. That all came about just you know, when I started Crohn's. My doctor mentioned, like, we can go through treatments or we can, there's the surgery option. And at the time, again, because it's not talked about much, mm-hmm. I, in my mind, just thought a bag is a colostomy, which that's it. And yeah. which is not the case. I learned there's ileostomies, which is what I have, and loop and end and all different versions. Some can be reversed. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I went, I wanted to do work on taking medications because I wanted to avoid the bag at all costs. Right. Through I forget how many years once I transitioned over to an adult GI who he's absolutely amazing. Him and his team at Mass General in Boston are incredible. But I had gone through every FDA approved medication for Crohn's that was available and failed them all. And just whatever was going on with my case, things just, they weren't working. And about, I want to say 2018, things started to really go downhill. I was in my junior year of college and things I could tell things were getting worse and we just constantly trying whatever medications were left and it just was not working. And end of my junior year, I was in the hospital for a week. And that's when they presented me, you know, we could do this surgery called a loop ileostomy which I had never heard of. Mm-hmm. And my surgeon, who's also amazing, explained how they take the part of the small intestine, the ileum that is diseased, which mine was just like beyond, nothing was working. Mm-hmm. So they take that out. So you're no longer using your colon and rectum and they divert your small intestine through your abdomen and you have the ileostomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and this procedure can actually, it technically can be reversed, which was a big factor in me finally deciding, which I didn't decide until probably six months later on it. Cause I just couldn't finally break and say, yes, I need this. But yeah, now when I first was getting, I'm like, yes, however, like the shortest amount of time I can have it until we can reverse it. That would be great. but. Mm-hmm. Now that I have it and how well I've been doing, I don't have any plans right now on reversing that or going back on that. So just, this is kind of just how it is now and trying to accept that more. Yeah. This episode of the WOMED is brought to you by BetterHelp, and I am so thankful for it. Your mental health isn't something that lets up. Your brain never stops working and processing and compartmentalizing. It's tired and it needs support. BetterHelp 
you know I love it, is a space where you can speak to a licensed professional counselor from the comfort and privacy of your own home. This is not a crisis line either. Their counselors specialize in everything from depression and anxiety to relationship, family issues, and trauma or LGBTQ matters. They have someone for everyone. Don't put your happiness or mental health on the back burner anymore. You deserve to live a happy, healthy life. And BetterHelp is often more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So it's private, financial aid, it's cheaper. They're really taking a lot of the excuses out of the equation for therapy. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you will get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com womed. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WOMED. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. I I mean, as someone who has never had to experience something like that, I mean, I'm just happy to hear that you are feeling better. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been a lot better, but it's still frustrating because it seems like you substitute one problem for another kind of like I was actually hospitalized a couple months ago for severe dehydration and I was just Mm. like a complete weak noodle couldn't do much of anything and my uh, ostomy was outputting too much and I Mm. couldn't keep up with it and um, while I was there I thought it was just Crohn's issues but they did all my scopes, the colonoscopies or ileoscopies, all that. Mm-hmm. And they said they really couldn't find any active Crohn's, which was the first time in since this all started. It was just yeah. the ostomy has been a little tricky to figure out what's going on, but we're trying. Yeah. Did they have to uh, resect your large intestine then and, and remove that completely or? No. So I still have that right now. I don't use that, those Mm -hmm. organs, which in turn leads to, I believe dehydration is one of the main issues for ileostomy patients going back into the hospital Mm because you don't use your colon, which is... You're not absorbing as much fluids. Right. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, mine was just, for whatever reason, outputting probably double that it should be in, Mm -hmm. which they haven't that's been kind of a mystery to figure out, but we're, we're getting there. 
but yeah, so I still have my colon. I don't know if in the future, because you know, my decision right now is to kind of keep the ostomy that if they want to remove that down the line, Mm -hmm. but, and I don't know what, I know IBD patients are at higher risk for things like colon cancer. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if removing that would, how that would affect that. There's definitely a lot of this that I still don't know. I'm still Mm -hmm. learning as I go along. Yeah. Yeah. So how has your family and like friends sort of handled the diagnosis? I'm lucky that I have a really supportive family. My parents have been my caretakers when I couldn't take care of myself. They've been everything for me. And I have a really good group of friends. And I mean, at the time of diagnosis, we were all just little juniors in high school. And Mm -hmm. when you're that age, you feel invincible and chronic illness, things like that, you think are just an older person's issues. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen to you. So they were very supportive and I love them, but I feel like they didn't fully understand it. It was kind of more like, oh, Claire gets bad tummy aches and goes to the bathroom a lot. Mm-hmm. Like the, when it's much deeper than that. And I feel like they didn't really start to understand that until later on, like when I was in the hospital and surgery was presented. But even though, even when you have a good support system in your friends and family, which is, I'm really lucky to have, you still just end up feeling really alone in it because mm-hmm. it's unless you're going through it yourself you don't really fully understand it and because people are embarrassed by it or think it's just a bathroom issue they don't want to talk about it so mm-hmm. I had I'd never heard of this before didn't know where to turn to to get some help on it or just to feel seen and understood so that's why I kind of, especially now with the ostomy as an added issue or accessory, I guess. Um, <laughs> I like that accessory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like with Crohn's, a lot of times like it's on the inside. So you don't really appear sick. Like I would go through weight loss and look like a zombie at my lowest but even Mm -hmm. then people will still say oh you lost weight you look great and you're like I'm my organs aren't working but thank you (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's why with the ostomy now that that's more of a physical representation Mm -hmm. like you can see that on the outside I mean it's under clothing but I know that's something a lot of people and even myself at first was embarrassed and kind of ashamed almost by it. I just want to use any kind of social media I have or any way to get to other people to show, not only own it for myself, but show other people who may be going through a similar thing that it's okay and you shouldn't be ashamed of it. It just saved my life and I'm going to be proud of it. I'm... In awe of you, um, <laughs> but it takes it. I can't. I can only imagine how 
much strength it, it takes to realize and, and flip that mindset. Because I, I think anyone would feel sort of like, oh my God, you know, I, I don't yeah. want to say it's wrong, but like, you know, you know, it would feel an initial amount of, of shame around that, which mm-hmm. is sad because like you said, it, your ostomy saved your life. Right. Yeah. And I just really respect you for owning it so much and um, being willing to come on here, you know, and and share about it more. And I really hope that, you know, if there's anyone listening who is, you know, struggling with this, that they might feel more seen. So absolutely. And I hope to, if anyone feels lonely, I'm always open to talking with them and just whether they want to vent or just whatever, just to feel less alone, like I said. I guess, are there any support groups or like organizations or or things that you're a part of, I guess, like resources, you know, for for people with ostomies or would you call them ostomates? Like you're an ostomate? I have heard of that term. I use it sometimes, but that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I guess what resources are there? I'm not in any really organized support groups I really have to look into it more but I do find um, on Instagram I have kind of a separate account with my Crohn's journey and I follow a bunch of people on there that have Crohn's and have ostomies and just seeing their journey and being able to talk with them or they can talk to me that's something I definitely didn't have at the beginning of all this so yeah like, wow, there are other people like me and I finally feel seen and heard. That's really beautiful. I'm curious, what are some of your favorite things from your childhood that still hold up? Personally, I think Push Up Pops and The Sandlot. That movie is just a classic, just like Benny the Jet. Games and movies have come a long way since we were kids. But you know what's a total instant classic? Best Fiends. This game is so fun, well done, ridiculously engaging, all while keeping your brain active. I don't even like cell phone games, and I love this game. The levels and content and challenges are constantly changing. Best Fiends is free to download and the perfect thing to play on your lunch break when you need a little distraction from your crazy shift. When Best Fiends says the fun never ends, it's no exaggeration. There's literally over 5,000 levels and counting. And I'm only on like 700. Is it possible to love a game too much? I don't think this game. Plus it's all based off of fan feedback. And don't blame me if you end up kind of obsessed because I'm kind of obsessed. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Fiends. Best Fiends. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. What has it been like? I mean, you're 17, you get this diagnosis and for the last 10 months you've been, you've had an ostomy, you've getting your life back, but what is it like 
as a 25-year-old woman processing, you know, this life change? Like, how are you navigating those conversations with like partners and and like dating and stuff like that? Because I feel like that's something a lot of other girls would be, you know, nervous about. And Yeah, absolutely. When I first got the surgery, it was right before the pandemic started. Mm. Like I came home from the hospital March 1st. And I think by the 11th or 12th, things were all shutting down here. Um, Oh, yeah. So it was a weird time that like I've had all this time at home to kind of get used to it, mm-hmm. the ostomy and be in a more comfortable uh, environment with that instead of like being flung back out into the world after, yeah. you know, however many weeks of recovery. So I haven't really had that, you know, normal 25 year old life yet with yeah. it as far as, you know, just daily things like going out to work or dating. I mean, I'm single and not really meeting anyone in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So, but <laughs> online dating is, you know, yeah. interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. That's the one thing that I'm still kind of leery about mm-hmm. with dating. That's why I kind of started to try to take back, you know, the narrative on it and own it outwardly and on social media. Like, and I live in a little seaside town and in the summer, we'd safely during the pandemic, but go to the beach mm-hmm. and like I'd have it out and just trying to take it back because I feel like when you have that confidence about it, it mm-hmm. comes off better and other people can realize, you know, it's not an issue I should worry about. But that's definitely something I, in the back of my mind, once I'm able to you know, be out and be more social and hopefully meet somebody. Yeah. I'm worried like, well, they think this is great. Will that be a deal breaker? Yeah. And like, I'm still have my insecurities about it all. I'm not like, I try to be as gung ho and optimistic about it as I can, but mm-hmm. there's definitely, that's probably my biggest fear, I guess, at this point with it. Yeah. Like, I've been, it's, weird to have gone through this at the time that I did oh girl I can only imagine yeah because at the time it was right at the beginning of all this and it was the at once I got over the recovery and was feeling better I was like like wow this is the first time in a long time I've not been in pain in eight years that's so amazing one of my first days home, I just had, you know, a simple bowl of pasta for dinner. And I almost started crying because I realized I wasn't running to the bathroom, you know, three times while I'm eating. And mm-hmm. it actually stayed down. And I was just excited about that. But I felt like I couldn't be happy about it. I felt like it was selfish. Well, here I am getting this new lease on my health where so many people in the world are suffering and sick and in pain. And I just felt like it was, it felt wrong. Survivor's guilt. Yeah. And um, what kind of helped me, I listened to this podcast. It was from uh, Deepak Chopra along with uh, Mm. another, a psychologist, I forget his name, but basically the message they were talking about, it was 
titled like grieving the world we once knew, like referring to the world yeah. pre-pandemic and how we as a society are really grief illiterate when it comes mm-hmm. to just allowing ourselves to grieve. And we think, you know, grieving is set aside for things like a, specifically a death or a breakup, which absolutely it is, but mm-hmm. it's really more grief comes about when there's an unwanted change in life and that can be a pandemic or just all these different things in life that cause stress and grievances and as we're I guess we have to grieve the world we once knew and honor and respect all that has happened all those who are sick and suffering but you, in all of that, you have to honor yourself too by finding whatever light you can within this. Because if you don't have some kind of light, you're going to lose yourself. And we need as much of it as we can in all these dark times. Mm-hmm. So just uh, that kind of made me feel like, okay, I can, I can kind of be okay with this now. And like, yes, be happy that I'm better, but still be aware and honoring what's going on in the world you are so wise (laughs) thank you for sharing that I mean I think that's just a really uh, that's just a really wise outlook to have do you have like a a therapist or anything that has been like helpful for you I'm I'm a huge proponent of of mental health and just like I I just think it's great for for everybody, you know, I think everyone should have a therapist, you know, but I mean, especially as someone who's had a lot of change forced upon mm-hmm. them, you know, I, I, I can relate on some levels to, to grief, to the grief, you know, of, and of change of, of unwanted change, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm just wondering how you've kind of navigated that, like if therapy has been helpful or anything like that. Yeah, I've, seen various therapists over the years at the moment I'm not just because the last one I had I loved and it was helping me so much and I'm also a huge proponent mental health I studied public health and psychology in college and uh deal with my own mental health issues as Mm -hmm. a lot of people do but um at the moment I'm not just because there is my last one, it was an issue with health insurance, which oh. is a whole other <laughs> issue <laughs> I could go on about yeah. and on and on. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely something I would like to be looking into and I think it's helpful for everyone right now. It's just a matter of finding someone who works with that. But yes, absolutely. Yeah. I 100% support therapy and think everyone can benefit from it. (laughs) So what did you go to school for again? Um, I have my bachelor's degree in public health. Amazing. I I totally miss that, that you have, you actually do have a health background. I was typing up, like I was getting my intros and stuff ready. And I was like, well, you know, <laughs> she's not. She's some girl from Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just slid in my DMs. It's fine, but she's cool. I swear. <laughs> so that's awesome. What made you want to kind of delve into the public health world? Um, honestly, at first, I 
was majoring in nutrition. And I got into that because you know, even before all the Crohn stuff, mm-hmm. at 11, uh, I was hospitalized for anorexia. Mm. And that's been something I'm much better now, but that's definitely something that still carries with me, mm-hmm. especially with Crohn's when your weight is constantly dropping and having to go up. And it's, that's a whole nother issue, but yeah, I was in nutrition and to be honest, I just could not do chemistry. I was doing, <laughs> I was a pretty good student, but I could not do chemistry. And chemistry that was is hard. I, it is very hard. And I commend anyone who's gone through all that. Chemical equations um, are still, I mean. That was the death of me. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I couldn't do them now. I mean, I could do them in college. I can't do them now. Yeah. So, I feel I went, you. <laughs> so I went to my advisor freaking out and crying. I'm like, I'm going to fail chem and I don't know what to do. <laughs> and she said. Relatable. Like, yeah. And she mentioned, well, have you heard of, have you thought about switching over to public health as your major? And I had never even heard of this as a major. And she explained it a little to me that like, it's in the healthcare realm still and you don't have to take chem. And I was like, and uh, I I went to UMass Amherst and they with public health they have you pick a concentration just Mm -hmm. because it's such a broad topic and you can pick anything really and I uh, chose psychology because that's another topic that is very near and dear to me and just I enjoyed studying it in general like it helps you not only to figure out yourself more but others and just understand yourself and people in the world better. That's amazing. You're you're <laughs> awesome. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Awesome. I want to kind of circle back, but what was just because I I wanted I want to focus more in addition to like everything I talked to people about on this podcast about mm-hmm. like patient advocacy and and how we can better empathize and get vulnerable with and you know be better supports for our patients you know so I guess what was really what did you find really helpful about your healthcare team in processing uh, the decision to get an ostomy yeah uh so my doctor right now Dr. Kalili he's incredible and he's just very patient and listens to you you never feel like you're rushed or they're brushing you off. And when going, not only we've talked about dealing with, I've gone through all the medications, we try to talk about diet as well. Like he's never, I never feel like I'm being pushed onto a drug. Mm. Like it's always my choice. And we try to talk about, I guess, some of the holistic side and when it comes to nutrition and how that can play a part in it as well. Cause that's, huge for everyone but mm-hmm. especially accompanied with Crohn's like food is your medicine in a lot of cases he was just very good and I felt supported in that and even when surgery was first brought up I was like I'm not so sure about this now like I want to try on this last medication a little longer and he was like okay it's your choice like we can do that mm-hmm. but like when things got really bad, he was like, yeah, you're, this is the right choice. And um, I'm glad I ended up with him because when I was, like I said, this all started when I was 17. So I started with a pediatric GI doctor. Mm-hmm. 
he was great. And once I was transitioning into adult DI, he suggested this one doctor and I went to see them. And it was just, and we had one appointment. And it was an awful, awful experience. So oh, like, I'm sorry to hear that. Textbook of what not to do for a patient <laughs> is, I got there, I was with my mom and we waited there probably for more than an hour before like past our appointment time to get in, which I understand doctor schedules must be insane. So I tried to give yeah. her the benefit of the doubt. I was like, I'm not one to make a fuss about it or complain. So I, I waited and it was fine, whatever. Well, we finally get in there and she's interviewing me, kind of asking questions on how I am. Like, do you experience this, this? And she would ask a question and I'd answer and say like, yes, I'm experiencing this, but... And like, I'd start to kind of explain myself more. Mm-hmm. She would just cut me off and go to the next question. Be like, okay, okay. Like, do you have this, this, this? I'm like, uh, yes, but okay, okay. Now next question. And yeah, so she's being kind of robotic. Yeah. And not really listening mm-hmm. to what I had to say or really getting a sense of what I'm experiencing. And by the end of the appointment, she looks at me and goes, your case is too complicated. I can't help you. And I'm wow. Like, did, did you even listen to my case? Do you know what's going on? Which in hindsight, I'm glad she was like, I can't help you because that led me to the team I'm with now. Mm-hmm. I just felt so like you didn't even listen to me. Yeah. That was very frustrating. And a lot of things were thrown between finding the right doctor, right? medication like it's all trial and error and it can be frustrating when you feel like you go to a lot more error mm-hmm. than win sometimes but it's it's part of the process that you kind of have to push through which is tough but all the more reason to find a good support system that can help you through that I'm actually kind of proud of this other doctor that she was able to be like um you know what no this I'm yeah. not gonna be the right fit for you but yeah I totally respect I respect that, that honesty but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and like I wouldn't want someone to if they felt they really didn't know what to do to take me like I respect right. it in that way but she just was like like you didn't listen to anything I said yeah <laughs> yeah any like it all ended up where it was supposed to and mm-hmm. things worked out I guess but yeah that was it was an interesting time <laughs> <laughs> so I know I mean as as a nurse like I've taken care of mostly just NICU babies um, I shouldn't mm-hmm. say mostly I've only taken care of of NICU babies that have had ostomies and stuff like that and they honestly were some of my favorites like like I told you I mean like one of my most favorite things is getting like a good seal on an ostomy bag on a, on a tricky ostomy, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And, and for, for a while I was like, well, maybe I should, you know, specialize in like wound and ostomy care too, and kind of take like that nursing route. And you know what, (laughs) maybe I still will, you know, I, I do so many things because I'm still, (laughs) I feel like nursing is just one of those fields. You can try out a few different things in yeah, and, and figure out awesome. what's the best fit for you. But uh, I'm assuming that you had like a an ostomy care or a nurse like on your team that kind of specialized in in care, right? 
Uh, I did. When I had the surgery, um, I met with her before the surgery and we talked about it and she marked me up for my ostomy. And after she was constantly there while I was still in the hospital as a help and showed me how to change it and just how to go through all that process. Any questions I had, she was there. And once I was discharged, she was still, you know, we had her phone number, she said call for anything. Mm. And I forget how many weeks after. Um, once I was home, we had a home nurse healthcare come in. Oh. Like once a week to help me with the bag changes because I was still in a lot of pain and just didn't really know how to go about it. So that mm-hmm. was amazing. They were great. And of course, scary doing that. Like once we got further into the pandemic starting and it kind of ended a little after that, but just what they do is what any nurse does. I commend you and all nurses. What you do is absolutely amazing. I oh, it thank takes you. <laughs> a special person to do that. Well, thank you. I really, I really appreciate that. And I'm just so glad that you you have a have a good team working with you. What would you tell someone if they if they DM'd you and were like, hey? I'm going in for my surgery next week, or I'm really struggling. My doctor says I have to have this surgery. What would, what would you say to them? I'd say, you know, the fear is, it's scary because it's a big change in your body, but the reward is so absolutely worth it. Like I've gotten my life back with this, despite it being, you know, a pandemic. Like if if that weren't the case, I'd be able to you know, travel and work more, just live my life the way I haven't been able to for so many years now. I've had to miss out on all, not only the big things, but the little things in life, just like going out with friends and you know, going to the bars or something like that. And this will give you your life back. And I, am, I would not change this decision for the world. No, even with the loop ileostomy, you know, technically I, it can be reversed at some point, but mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. And like my mindset totally changed after I've had it. And wow, I know it's scary, but yeah, the reward is just so, so worth it. That's amazing. What advice do you have for medical professionals, you know, for how we can... I don't, I mean, I don't know if we can even remotely prepare you, you know, Mm -hmm. for something like this when, you know, we don't personally have it ourselves, but so maybe prepare isn't the right word, but I guess like support you like in the process, you know, Mm -hmm. of, of Crohn's and leading to like this, the surgical route too. Yeah. I say, you know, the biggest thing that I appreciate in my doctors is that they're very, patient and listen. I would go in with my mom and she'd have this whole list of questions and I'd be like, oh my God. (laughs) But And he just never felt like we were rushed or trying to move along. Like they were genuinely wanted to listen and answer as best they could. Mm -hmm. And just to, you know, not push. Like ultimately it has to be your decision Mm -hmm. 
but just to be to reiterate to the patient you know this how well it can help and how this is done for so many people and the positives that come out of it and but also to understand like they're gonna be you know upset and it's a difficult thing to go through but mm-hmm. you now it's just just being a good human and you know, being <laughs> supportive of that kind of understanding the human emotion that goes into it aside from just you know another number in the medical system yeah that's great advice so what's what's next for you are you are you working what are you what are you working on? Like what's kind of dreams for 2021? Yeah. Uh, right now with the pandemic, um, work right now looks like babysitting the little nugget next door, which has been yeah. awesome. <laughs> just going out in public has been, I get a little leery of that. And I was, at the moment I'm on steroids, which are immunosuppressant, which and I live at home with my parents, so mm-hmm. I don't want to risk that. But aside, pandemic aside, I would love to get into working with kids. I've worked with kids a lot through my working life, and I'd love to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I hope to get into that. Prior to this and my surgery, I was working in an elementary school um, in the extended day program. and. I now that I'm able to kind of handle more physically, I'd like to get into teaching. And ultimately, I've always thought, you know, I'd love to write a book because I love writing. And if I can share my story kind of further, because I always think back to 17 year old me being handed this book by this middle aged man and mm-hmm. being like, where do I go with this? Like, if I can tell kind of a narrative from you know, a teenager, a young adult in college, that's something I'd love to do. I don't know how to go about that, how to get it started, but that's something I'd like to accomplish. I'll say when you first mentioned about getting that book about an adult man with an ostomy as a 17-year-old <laughs> or a yeah. young, yeah. young, young woman, I was like, no, nah, she's got to write a book. <laughs> Like you, that's, like that's what I that's what I see and feel for you. I think you're gonna. I think you should. I think you should just start writing. You know, I mean, like yeah. if writing something you like to do, just I mean, outlining is great if like that's how your brain works. But <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a really great contribution to this world. Thank you. Yeah, I, I hope to do that. And even again, thank you for having me on here. Just a way to if we can reach anyone and kind of have a positive impact on them, that's my main goal with all of this. I think you're going to do big things. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Where can people find you if they have questions for you or want to follow along? My Instagram is my name, Claire Surrett. Uh, I also have a separate Instagram that so far I've kept private, but I'm if I can open it up and that helps people, um, I would do that. It's diary of a crony. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm open to anyone. Like I don't judge. I've talked about 
poop with my doctor for eight years now. (laughs) I'm used to it all. And yeah, if you need someone in your life, whether you have support system or not, you know, I'm, I'm open to it. I think that's great. Thank you. Claire, I'm so grateful we were able to have this conversation. Me too. Thank you so much. And I look forward to following along with you. Thank you. Well, I don't know about y'all, but that feels like a banging way to start off season three. Thank you to Claire for being so open and candid. You are already making such an impact. If you want to follow along with Claire's Crohn's journey, please follow her on Insta at diary.of.a.crony. That's C-R-O-H-N-I-E. You can also follow along with her at Claire Surrett, C-L-A-R-E. S-U-R-E-T-T-E. And thank you to my incredible listeners who have stuck around with me through season one, season two, and now to season three. If you could do me a solid though, and on whatever platform you like to listen to the WOMED, please go like it, subscribe it, rate, and review it. It truly helps the podcast out so much. I cannot wait to grow with you guys for season three. You know the drill. WOMED out. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.